Hello and welcome to the West Point Sermon Podcast. This is your place for audio for past and future messages if there's something you missed out on or if there's something you want to hear again. Video versions of this podcast are available at the link in the podcast description if you want the full audio and visual experience. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates when new sermons are posted. Thanks so much for listening. Pastor Jake is our family pastor and he hangs out with the kids most Sundays. Um, but he's with us this morning. We're excited to have him share. It's also our Kingdom Builder Sunday, and this month's focus is BGMC, and so he's going to tell us a little bit about that. We're excited to have him um, come this morning and share and, and hear what God's put on his heart. So would you give him a warm welcome this morning? Now I asked Pastor, I said, how do you like not having to preach for two Sundays in a row? Whew! That's a vacation, but he gets to be here, which is good, too. Now, I don't know about you, but one of my days started out with a trip to Walmart. Anybody else have that happen? Well, as I was walking to Walmart, I noticed uh, an opportunity to give. I noticed someone outside um, trying to collect uh, money for their organization. And so I put that way back in my mind, and, and I'm going through Walmart with my son, and we get whatever we need, and and uh, I kept thinking about that opportunity to give. And so I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm going to give my son an opportunity to give. And so I looked at Jacob right before he left, and uh, I took out a dollar from my pocket, and I knelt down. And I said, Jacob, this is your dollar. Daddy's going to give it to you. And you can do whatever you like with it. You can keep it, you can spend it, or you can give it away. You can do that at any time. It's yours. His eyes are wide. Oh, a dollar. So he takes it, and he's like, it's mine. Yeah, it's yours. And as we're walking out, I, I approached him again and said, Daddy's going to give a dollar to that man. Do you want to give your dollar? And it was almost like the heavens opened up and, and there was this gleaming light coming down and the angels are singing and all my parenting for the last four years came to fruition. It was like amazing when he said, no. <laughs> he didn't want to give it, so I tried again. Jacob, you sure? Daddy's going to give too. You sure you don't want to give? I want to keep my $100. Okay, well, let me, let me tell you what he knows cost $1 or $100 in his mind. A Hot Wheels car. And daddy gets him a Hot Wheels car all the time, except for that day. And so he thought for sure he was going to save it to buy a Hot Wheels car. And so as we walk out, because I was being honest, I well, any time. He didn't want to give it? Okay. So as we were walking out, I reached in my pocket and I gave what I had tended to give. And he clenched that dollar so tight, like the man was going to come out and reach out and grab it from him. <laughs> you know, and it showed to me, we have an opportunity, a privilege, and even a duty to instill a contagious compassion for others into our children. We have that. Now, I don't know if I failed, per se. I, I, I'm not done yet with him. 
Or maybe he's not done with me. I don't know which one it is. But nonetheless, I, I know this is momentary time. We get to teach them about money. And then we get to teach them about what money does. And not just dollars, but also our time and what, what it is and that commodity and how we get to give. And so we get to be the opportunity to lead the next generation into a contagious compassion for Jesus. From the way we pray, the way we give, and the way we go to places of need. Compassion is defined by this. Now, uh, I, I put this on a Facebook post. I said, what is compassion to you? And I had several people, and, and I think we were halfway there. You know, most people said they identified, and maybe you can help me, compassion is identifying a need in someone else, right? That's, that sounds pretty compassionate, right? Uh, I looked it up online, and it said that compassion is having pity for someone else. Uh, I don't like pity. So I don't know if I like that saying, but as we see it, on our Facebook feed and then everywhere else, it, maybe that is compassion. Is it just have pity for someone? I don't know. But so I asked, and most people said, well, compassion is, is just seeing a need, taking it in, understanding that there's a need there. And so I looked it up with a compassion organization. I feel like they might know what compassion means. Maybe. Compassion International says, compassion is this, to recognize the suffering of others and then take action to help. Woo. That's a bit challenging. You mean I can't just recognize it? I actually have to take action? And I can't just take action and say, well, here, take this, but I also have to recognize that there's a need? And so Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge, BGMC as we love to call it, is an organization that is used to develop the compassion for humanity around the world into our children by supporting missionaries in their areas of need. Not our areas of need, but in their areas of need. From Bibles to curriculum to sound equipment to a lake. I just talked about this today, how I went to a BGMC kids camp in South Africa, and they had built a lake. Just dug a big hole. And you're going, why do you need that? Well, kids in South Africa in the middle of summer, which happens to be our winter, need a good spot to get wet. Right? And it brings kids from all over the region to that camp. And so today, we're going to continue to talk about BGMC, but I, I want to give you an opportunity. There are buddy barrels in the back. They're, they're on your way out. Just So as you grab your sign for VBS, grab a buddy barrel, especially if you have a child. And the goal is that anytime your child, uh, maybe he earns, he or she earns some money and, and they decide they want to learn how to give, they may give some of that. Maybe it's birthday money. Maybe it's a chore, whatever it may be, that's between you and your child and, and what God's putting in your guys' heart. But you fill that buddy barrel or put some, some change in it, and every first Sunday of the month, you bring it back, and the kids' ministry celebrates BGMC every first Sunday of the month. We learn about another country where, where BGMC has been impacting. And so you can take a buddy barrel, you can bring it home. We have, uh, we have children in this room that have set goals to give to, buddy, to BGMC through their buddy barrel. 
and one conquered their goal already for the year and has set a new goal. Right, Miss Kayla? Set a new goal and gave it to BGMC and, 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 uh, and through her buddy barrel. And so my challenge to you is to take one home. They're in the back. They're really cool. They, they look different than they used to. Back in the day when some of you started, I won't pick on you, they were wooden. They were like this big, and they only held about $4 and quarters. They got smarter. They figured we can get a lot more if we just made them bigger. So now they're, they're actually relatively big, and you can fit a lot of quarters in there or pennies, whichever one you want to give. And so here's our goal, is that through BGMC, we want every, each kid to say this, count on me to do my part to reach the world. Count on me to pray, count on me to give, and count on me to go. Pray, give, and go. And we want every leader, every adult, who chooses to, to, chooses to inspire our children to say this, count on me to teach kids about missions and BGMC. Count on me to create a heart of compassion in kids. It doesn't just happen. Again, I feel like God can put, a, can put an, an ounce or a prick into a children's life and, and put that kind of knowledge that there's something there, but they can't really get it out and understand it without the help of an adult who wants to create that compassion in them. Count on me to be an example in prayer. Count on me to be an example in giving. And I'm going to even say, count on me to be an example in going. This is your challenge. Well, I want to share a testimony because I feel like God is doing something great around the world, not just here in America. I feel like, and I know this, I believe this 100%, that the United States here is also a huge mission field. It is a huge mission field here. When you have a country of culture just down the street from us, as our youth have noticed, this is a completely different culture. And it could change from block to block. Our mission field is here as well as it is around the world. But I want to share a story from Tanzania. I'm going to read this, and there will be some pictures on the screen. Go away from our village, Katma. We do not want you here. You have to sleep somewhere else. The people of Kandama were angry that Pastor Katma kept coming to their village. They did not want to listen when they told them about Jesus. They wished he would leave them and never return. But again and again, Pastor Katma kept coming back. Pastor Katma lives in Tanzania. From his home, he often walked several days to reach Chandama. He wanted the people to hear about Jesus. He wanted to build a church so that the people could learn more about God's word. But every time he went to Chadma, the people always did the same thing. They wouldn't listen. They wouldn't even let Pastor Katma spend the night in the village because they knew he wanted to start a church. With a sad heart, Katma would walk outside the village and sleep under a tree. Time after time, Pastor Katma kept visiting Chandama. It was a very long walk, four days and three nights, just to reach it. He had a long wish that he could reach this Islamic area called 
the little Sudan of Tanzania. So he kept making the long trek. But even after two years, the people still refused to listen to his message. Then one night, everything changed. As Pastor Katma slept under a tree outside the village, three angry lions made their way into the village. People awoke in fear, and other ferocious beasts tramping near their homes. Some of the villagers tried to attack the lions, but their efforts did no good. By the time the night was over, one child had been killed, and another person was badly hurt. The village leaders met together. Why did this happen? They asked. Was it because of how we treated Pastor Katma? Maybe we are being punished because we were mean to him. Let's go to see if he's still outside the village or if the lions had killed him. The men rushed to the tree where Pastor Katma usually stayed. No one was there. They called out for him, but they feared he was dead. But then Pastor Katma came walking out of the wilderness. He was alive and well. Katma, did you see the three lions near our village last night? They asked. No, I saw no lions, Pastor Katma replied. All I heard were several dogs that walked around me, sniffing at me all night. But I was so sleepy, I did not wake well enough to see them. The village leaders looked at the ground around the place where Katma slept. They did not see paw prints of dogs, but they saw the paw prints of three lions. That day, Pastor Katma was welcomed in Shandama. The Muslim leaders gave him land for a home and for a church. Today, there is growing church in Katma and even more churches in several villages nearby. God's power to protect Pastor Katma from angry men and prowling lions, when the people saw proof of God's protection, they wanted to serve him too. Pastor Katma is glad he trusted God and went beyond his city and out to tell others about Jesus. The church in Tanzania is growing, and new churches are springing up all over. In fact, over 1,000 churches are started every year. Most of these new churches don't have a building. The people meet under tarps and trees for shade. Some of these churches have been meeting like this for many, many years. Our giving to BGMC has helped build new structures for these churches. Now the church in Chandama is alive and well and has a permanent building. Thanks to the kids for giving to BGMC. BGMC has been helping build churches all over Tanzania. This is just one story. And every month we talk about another story and how BGMC has impacted the world. Kids learn about this every month. You know, those are neat stories, but we don't see that. We don't get to see it. Well, I want to bring you to another story. And it's found in your Bible. It's found in Nehemiah. And as you turn to the book of Nehemiah, it's in the Old Testament. It's one of the last books before you get into, I believe, the prophets or judges, whichever you want to judge me on. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, nonetheless, it's, it's right there before you transition, before the Bible transitions. And I'm going to talk about Nehemiah. 
See, God's word is filled with testimonies about compassion. In the book of Nehemiah, we find the story of Jacob. Right? No, we find the story of Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah. I was trying to trick you. I'm sorry. I don't know if it worked. Although we could have an entire series, which is a long, drawn out, not drawn out isn't bad, but a long time spent, Sunday after Sunday, on a specific topic. We could spend a series on Nehemiah and compassion. I'm just going to look at three different areas, pray, give, and go, where Nehemiah showed the compassion to others. And he led in this idea of pray, give, and go. And so here's the thing. I'm going to read his prayer. And why am I going to read it? It's going to be on the screen too. Why I'm going to read it? Because this is the first step. And just like pray, give, and go, we can't give and go without prayer. And can I tell you, I know missionary after missionary say, I don't, I don't just need or want your financial support, but I need your prayer support. But a lot of them will say the same thing I'll tell you, is don't stop at praying when you can give. And don't stop at giving when you can go. And so we're going to read his prayer. It says, Nehemiah's prayer, as soon as I heard these words, let me back up, what are these words? Nehemiah was just approached and told that the walls in Jerusalem had been fallen. Well, Nehemiah, his heritage was from Jerusalem. He just heard his country, his, his nation, his town, where he grew up, his, where his lineage came from, had no protection. And so as we get to hearing this, Nehemiah says this, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I continued fasting and praying before God of the heaven. I don't know about you, but I, I carry a pen and a highlighter in my Bible, and, and all this has been highlighted already. It's important to me. I, I challenge you to do the same. And I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ears be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you, before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though you outcasts are in uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people, from whom you have redeemed by a great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name, and to give success your servant today, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. 
Now, you could, we, we could spend a lot of time in that, and I'm not going to spend any time in this prayer. In fact, all I'm going to do is read it to you and tell you, if, if this is something that speaks to you, go back home and read it again. It's found in Nehemiah 1, chapter 4 through 11. And I want you to read it again and, and let it sink in. But here's where he started. He didn't start when he had a compassion filled in his heart. He didn't start with, let me go to Facebook and figure out what everybody else is doing. Let me go rant about this desire to have this compassion in my heart for this injustice happening over here. Those are all, could happen, could be good things. I don't know about that. Uh, he didn't go to his mom or his dad or his employer and say, let me go. I need to go deal with this. No, he started first with a prayer. And this prayer is a prayer of weeping is a prayer of just being before the Lord and putting everything out there. He said he prayed and fasted. He prayed and fasted. He got close to his father. Sometimes all we need to do is just start at the prayer. Some of us need to remember that some of our missionaries and even uh, when we get an opportunity to give, we need to start with a prayer. Sometimes God will put things on your heart through a prayer. Maybe he said, as he did to a child in this room, I want you to give just a dollar. Listen. I remember sitting in a service at Lake Geneva, and I think it was a men's conference, and, and the gentleman had spoke. And I wasn't really big into giving yet, and, and I mean, God has just transformed my life in this area. But I, I, I wanted, you know, always be, um, what would you, sensitive to what God was saying? And so I was praying in the back, and, and God's like, I want you to give X amount of dollars. I'm like, really? Like, why would you want me to do that? I don't, I don't think that would really help him. And, and I just felt like God was just kept saying, I want you to give this. And, and I looked in my wallet, and sure enough, I had enough cash, which is weird. I don't carry cash. And so I gave. Now, what does that do? Does it change my life? Uh, it allows me to be obedient to the Lord. Right? Did I see a direct correlation come back? I don't know. But I can tell you this. I don't, it doesn't bother me. Why? Because that moment, God had put a pressure on my heart. He said, I want you to give. And why did it happen? Because I was spending time in prayer. Right? And it could be anything. It could be of time. It could be of talent. And so Nehemiah spends this time in prayer. Well, then what happens? Nehemiah knows that he can't stop at praying. And in chapter 2, you find where Nehemiah gives. See, at the very bottom of chapter 1, which we don't have chapters in our Bible until after everything was written, and so I think they left out a line that should have been in chapter 2. It says, now I was a cupbearer of the king. That's, that's how chapter 1 ends. And so now we find out his position in this whole grand scheme of the world. And we find out that he is the cupbearer of the king. 
Well, he gives up this position. You find in chapter 2, 1 through 8, he approaches his king and he says, I need to go. I must go. Will you bless me to go? And because of that relationship, the king sent Nehemiah. And so Nehemiah gave his position. I won't go deeper into that because I don't want to take all until noon. You guys will hate me. Okay, we could go till one. I'm okay with that. I got enough time. Okay, gosh, man. We need to just laugh. We need to stand up comedy. Come on. Uh, Nonetheless, he gave up his position. And I'm not going to go deep into that. But Nehemiah gave the position he had being a servant to the king. The most important role in that country. He gave of that position to then give of his privilege. See, we find in Nehemiah uh, 5 through 5, 14 through 19, that when he became governor over Judah, so he had left and, and, and he was challenged to become governor, he could not partake or he chose not to partake of the privileges that the governor gets. And because of this, he, he saw that those privileges would put the people at a disadvantage because they would have to give more than what was required so that the governor could have those privileges. And so he decided to give of his privileges. We're a pretty privileged people. And sometimes we have to give of our privileges to be able to see God move even greater. He gave of his possessions. It says in Nehemiah 770 that the governor, and we learned just before that he was the governor of Judah. So I'm making the connection that the governor is Nehemiah. Any theologians in the room that want to contradict? Okay, good. Hallelujah. Well, the governor gave the treasury 1,000 derricks of gold, 50 basins, 30 priest garments, and 500 minas of silver. Now, derrick was a quarter ounce or 8.5 grams. So he gave 1,000 quarter ounces of gold. I'm not a calculator. I can't do that in my head, but that sounds like a lot. Anybody trade in gold these days? That sounds like a lot. And a mina was one and one quarter pounds, or 0.6 kilos. So he gave 500 one and one quarter pounds of silver. Now, it's not about the amount. That blew my mind. But it's not about the amount. It's about the fact that he gave of his possession. Those were his to give, were they not? And, and garments, I mean, that's not money. So we're not just talking about money here. Garments. Hmm. Why do you do that? I don't know. You tell me. We'll figure that out another day. Nehemiah gave of his position, he gave of his privilege, and he gave of his passion or his possessions. He found something to be compassionate for, and now for him, it hit close to home. But he found something to be compassionate for. And you, if you find out, if you read, continue in the story, he shared that contagious compassion to others. He had an entire group of people building behind him, rebuilding the wall, even while they were fighting. A sword in one hand and bricks in the other. I mean, read the story. This guy didn't stop with just him having the compassion on his own. He gave it to others as well. He became contagious. And so we lead with the last. Is the go. Now again, I picked, you know, and the Lord helped with this, but we picked out 
a gentleman who got to do all three. He, he gave, or he prayed, he gave, and he went. Right? And maybe we're called to just do one or all three. But the book, the book of Nehemiah would not exist in the form it does if he did not go. The book of Nehemiah would start out like many other compassionate stories. Someone had compassion on something, talked about it, and then left it. And that was it. That would be the book of Nehemiah. But Nehemiah didn't just see a need to give to something or, or, or just a need to pray for something. Nehemiah said, I need to go. And in Nehemiah 2.11, it starts off with this. So I went. Now there's a lot of steps that led up to that. He prayed. He allowed God to, to clear the way for him. He, he approached his king, the, the earthly king that he served in a high position. And the king granted his ear to him. And the king said, yeah, you can go. And even before he spoke to the king, it says that Nehemiah prayed again. And so it starts off with that prayer. And yet he went. And after the compassion of God was placed in his heart, for a group of people in need. And after his prayers. And after giving of his position and his privilege. He went. See our story of compassion of God placed in our hearts. Is much of the same. We have an opportunity to pray, give, and go. Some of in this room will do all three. I, I truly believe this, that there are missionaries in this room being trained right now. That they'll go maybe into the next town, the next community, or around the world. And either God's starting to tug on their hearts, or they're going to continue to tug on their hearts. It's going to happen. There's missionaries in this room. And they'll have to see all three happen. And we will get an opportunity to be, be behind them. As a church, we get to pray and give so that missionaries can go. And they give of their lives for the compassion of Christ. We get to do that. It's not, it's not a, a duty as in like, oh, I have to do this. It's a duty as in like, I get to do this. I get to keep my comforts at home, which is good. Come on. I like, I like having a house. I've been, I've been over to South Africa where they have thatched roofs where they could shoot the bats in their house because it doesn't matter. It just goes through the thatching. <laughs> you know, we, we get to have some of the, the, the privileges here so that we can give so others can have the privileges of reaching people in other countries and other cities and other areas. Now, I am not a city boy. I am not. I, I don't know how or why that is, but I, I'm just not designed to live downtown Minneapolis. But I know people who are. I'm going to send them. I'll send you to Minneapolis. You can go. I'll, I'll hang out out here. I'll reach the people out here. Right? There are people who are meant to go. And we get to send. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give as you walk out. I'm going to, I'm going to ask a couple of my kids to help me. Ms. Kayla, I know you're in here. Jackson, yeah, buddy. Oh, man, I miss you. 
Good to see you, sir. If I could have Jackson and Kayla, there should be, uh, Abby, is there buckets right there? Yes, hallelujah, they came in. So Jackson and Kayla are going to hold these at the door. I'm going to give you an opportunity to give to BGMC. Now, this entire offering is going to uh, the church's BGMC giving total. And right now, our kids, I'm going to tell you right now, our kids have raised $127 for BGMC. Come on. And I want to tell you something. I didn't even put a dollar in there yet. And I can tell you this, VBS hasn't even come yet, which the entire week of VBS, every dollar goes to BGMC. Like we haven't even got pied in the face yet. Pastor Paul hasn't even gotten slimed yet. I mean, this is only just a step in the right direction, right? These are kids getting a compassionate heart towards God. And it's contagious because it's coming from us. It's coming from their parents. The kids are giving. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to give. But not only that, I want you to take up an opportunity to grab a uh, VBS, what do you call that, sign, and put them in your yard. I want you to give up some of your time to weed weed whack around that thing for the next month. (laughs) So then kids can see what's happening. And I want you to pray over that sign. And not just saying that no one steals your sign and, and it stays. But I want you to pray over what's happening during that week. I'm asking you to give an opportunity. I'm giving an opportunity to pray right now over our mission field here. And I'm also asking you to come to VBS. That means for a week, I'm going to ask you to get up and go to the church. Again, not just Sunday, not just Wednesday night. But Sunday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, oh man. I'm going to ask you to be here. Because right now, you get an opportunity to practice prayer, giving, and going. And for those of you where God is placing on your heart, maybe it's an opportunity for me to start thinking about the go. Don't stop. I mean, don't start at the go. Start at the prayer. Start up giving towards something else. And God will continue to produce that go inside of you. And we as a church will have an opportunity to send. I I think we have time. That says 10.09. That can't be right. (laughs) Hallelujah, I got a whole nother hour. (laughs) Praise God. Well... (laughs) Andrew, I heard you, sir. Well, I just want to ask you to, as you think about giving, as you leave today, uh, that you grab a sign, grab a buddy barrel, and uh, I thank you for celebrating with me what BGMC is doing around the world and what we get an opportunity to do here today. I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer, but uh, enjoy the rain. Don't melt.